Welcome back to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name is Todd Sullivan. With me, as always, is Oren Barter. Welcome. And today we are continuing down the ugly, gruesome path that is the Turner Diaries. I don't know why I said welcome. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome. I, don't, I mean, welcome. Welcome to the show, everyone. Well, you well, should. Yeah. I, we well, hope you feel welcome. Welcome to the tunnel of horrors that is this book. Yeah. This book is not particularly welcoming, uh, unless I guess you are a white Aryan type, and then it's very welcoming. Uh, how's, your, how's your week been over there? Yeah, not too bad. We haven't we haven't uh, touched in. Um, not, what's the word I'm looking for? We haven't uh, caught up on the New Year's Eve uh, uh, attempts recently. Right. Okay. Uh, how are the New Year's attempts going? Um. Yeah, actually, not bad. I think yeah. my was my New Year's attempt just to be more active, or was it like just health related? And I think I was going to cut back on alcohol, which I've done a lot. Yeah, you mentioned that last time. Yeah, uh, no, I think I, it. I, I do think it was an overall just trying to be more healthy and more active. So I've actually been eating vegan for like the last week and a half, mm-hmm. um, which has been interesting. My resting heart rate. I've got a, a Fitbit now. Um, it was like sitting around like seventy six, which is quite high for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and after about a week and a half on the diet, really not moving any extra, it's dropped down to about 64. Oh, interesting. Which I thought was, yeah, kind of crazy. So feel pretty good about that. Uh, still not moving as much as I'd like, and I'm, I'm still packing, or, <laughs> packing around a little extra in the trunk, but, uh, yeah, one step at a time. Hey, you know, some people that are big on that, that junk in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll work for you. <laughs> Maybe. Have you have you asked a girlfriend what she thinks of the the trunk junk? She she likes the trunk junk, but I don't know I don't know if either of us are really crazy about the front junk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, how about it's all you, about Todd? Appropriate oh. junk placement. That's how right. About me? <laughs> That's um, right. I don't know. My attempt to like be more twittery has not gone well. I can't remember the last time I actually tweeted something that just popped into my head. Well, nobody's on Twitter anymore. I mean. Uh, I yeah. guess they're all over in Parlor now. That's where we would find um, fans of this book. In Parlor, what the hell is Parlor? Uh, Parlor is a. Um, it's supposed to be a, um, a social platform for like, but but with no censorship. People are allowed to say whatever they want. So of course, all of the the crazy right wing racist people. Right, they're like, oh my god, I can't believe we're getting censored. Yeah, so QAnon I mean, people that, are there. Yeah. The racists are there, and right. so I'm sure the fans of this book are there. Um, so let's avoid that place. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this book some more. We're covering we chapters to? 10 to 19. Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> um, I had this weird realization uh, towards the end of uh, these these pages this week. And it's that 
this the author uses a lot of of kind of excited exclamation marks in certain sense, sentences and usually it, at the start of a new day it's like january 15th oh my god this something happened. happened um yeah and it's it does give it kind of a bit of a diary feel but i also feel like it gives it a particular kind of diary feel like it's the diary of a 14 year old girl you know <laughs> where everything is like Oh my God, uh, Missy kissed Tom! Exclamation mark. Uh, and there's some of that in here too. Like he was quite excited at one point about like the prospect of getting to see Catherine again because he's been on the road for a while. He's like, "Golly, I, sh- I sure can't wait to have her in my arms!" Exclamation mark. And it's. I thought he got arrested. I thought he. I thought that's why he was excited to see her. Uh, well, he did get arrested, and then uh, he gets broken out and. Spoilers, by the way. Well, you know, you don't have to listen to the podcast now. You know what happens. <laughs> um, um, but it's when he was like in. Um, never mind. We'll get there. But he was he okay. was out of town for weeks upon weeks upon weeks training people, and uh, and then he's missing her again at that point. Uh, we start. Uh, it's November sixteenth, um, and we sort of find out about the aftermath of the mortar attack. Oh, you know, what we didn't talk about yet. What's that? What are we drinking? Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm in so I'm in such a desperate rush to get through this book. <laughs> I'm just skipping all of our regular preambles. I'm I've got more of my uh, juice box wine today, so okay. I got nothing exciting either. I got uh, straight up Oduels, just uh, just the Oduel blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need something. I need something stronger than beer to get through these. I might even treat myself to some scotch next week. Oh, okay, for the final part. Yeah, I might actually get drunk for the last one too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how bad the last hundred pages are. <laughs> um, I did have one point. Um, in because remember before we recorded last week, we had a conversation about whether we were going to continue on with the book or not. Right. And um, one of the things you asked me was that does it does it get worse? And I told you that well, you know, I had read it before. My memory of it is pretty slim, but I, I can't imagine how it could get worse. I will say that there was one tiny part of this book where I was like, oh fuck, it did get worse. <laughs> um, I don't know if you care to guess what that part was. If you have a sense what that might have been. Um, let me look back on my notes here. I won't tell you is, right is now. It, is it, the, is it, it. The, the part with the drug addicts? No. Oh, okay. Okay, which part? I'm not going to tell you now because it, it'll come out of sequence, but I'll, I'll mention it when we get there. Okay. So, maybe I skipped um, over it. I don't maybe know. you did. Uh, it wasn't, it was just, it was a little detail uh, that just made me go, oh, okay, wow. Okay. Um, oh, was it the N word? No, no, that's that wasn't surprising at all. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm surprised it took that long for this to. to yeah, come I was. Up. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. But I think a lot of it too. Um, it, it seems like earlier on, he's he's doing more of a job to skirt around what seems like outright racism. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there was there was a, a section that I read last week where he was talking about like the scourge from the east and everything else. And he's clearly talking about Jewish people, but he never uses that word. Yeah. Um, and sort of in that first third, there's way more implied racism than there is later in the book where it becomes more and more overt. Blatant, yeah. Uh, including using the N-word and who knows what else. Um, so we we can we pick up on November 16th uh, in the aftermath of the mortar attack. Um we find out that it's been harder for them to get around because um, there's way more ID checks. Um, 
there's a, an increase in black crime because of course um and then the, the human relations council is like deputizing black people to uh, go around and sort of police the streets but of course because these are black people doing it um they're now they're demanding bribes from people they encounter and then they're kidnapping white women and gang raping them and all these things that would totally happen um and we find out that turner has a bunch of uh, transmitters and receivers to build because their communications network needs to grow uh, we jump ahead to November 27th, and Turner is summoned in for a loyalty check, and we find out that they have this this program to kind of uh, test the new recruits um, to make sure that they're actually, like, proper recruits and not, like, spies. Right, yeah. Like, you got to be full-on racist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we don't want, we don't want to like, like, and they made that clear when they killed that, like kind of, yeah, racist that, guy. that, that kind of racist guy, but like, I'm not so racist. <laughs> I'm going to kill these guys. What the heck? Um, and they, it's the system where they like give you some drugs and they, they show you some flashing lights and there's a clinical psychologist nearby. And that's about all we really find out about it, but it's supposed to find out whether you're a real racist or not. <laughs> I don't know why um, that's funny, but it's funny. <laughs> so apparently he passes the test. Uh, he Afterwards, he wakes up later. Uh, he's given a bunch of sandwiches and some coffee and a book, which is only referred to as right, the book. The book. The book. Um, but it, and it's, I'm surprised it's, it's apparently, not in quotations, you know. Right. Like else. Yeah, the book. Um, well, see, that would, it, if it was in quotes, that would imply it wasn't the book. Right, It would be a sarcastic right. book. Just like that would be like the anti-racist book, right? That would be the book about, like, how to come together and love yeah. each other. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, the, the book. So, apparently this book, he doesn't really detail what's in it, except to say that in reading it, he realizes that, like, the fight has been going on for longer than he realized, and it's even more important, um... And it's they're they're doing God's work in this line here. We are we are truly the instruments of God in the fulfillment of His grand design. Which I'm going to admit, I don't know a lot about the sort of the religious ideas of people who are this racist. But I feel like fulfilling God's grand design might not involve actively murdering His supposedly chosen people. Right. Right? That just seems in conflict to me. But but I'm sure that there's a way that they make that all connect in their heads. Well, clearly they think that they're the chosen people of God. Right, I guess. Yeah. Um, we find out they're, they are still gradually gaining recruits. Uh, some are spies, but the, 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 the crazy drug and light test weeds them out and then they can kill the spies and then and then feed um, and feed the racist kill the spies feed the racists kill the spies feed the racist yeah, yeah. that's um so that the the organization no the no the system i almost said the society <laughs> we live in a society um so that the system can't find out how they're figuring out who the spies are and then after reading through the book uh turner gets inducted into uh the order which is sort of like a, an elite group within the organization. Right. So it's like it's like you know, I guess like the different 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 levels of being a Freemason, maybe, or you know, you're or still like, the organization, but you're like it's a more because he gets um, 
he gets a, a golden pendant with a, a pendant with a poison capsule in it. So that's how important he is now. That if he gets caught, he has to kill himself. Okay. Foreshadowing. Um, not yet, but hopefully. Um, and then he has to swear an oath, and and this is how it was described. Uh, then we swore the oath, a mighty oath, a moving oath that shook me to my bones and raised the hair on the back of my neck. <laughs> but he didn't. But we're not told what the oath is. Just you know, this is this is the whole uh, tell don't show of writing, right? Like, yeah. It, it was the most amazing oath. It, moved it was me a to great tears. oath. It was a it's... fantastic oath. <laughs> You guys they say I have the, the best oath. oaths. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I had, I had to no- draw that. I had to draw that connection. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, next after it's November 28th, um, and a bunch of people show up at their hideout trying to break in. Um, a bunch of, you know, black kids in a, in a car. They're looking for someplace to shoot up, they end up saying. Bill goes and pretends to be um, a black guy with some of the most racist dialogue I've seen. Um, yeah, no, I saw that too. And uh, they can't they can't convince the guys to leave, so they're like, "Okay, well, we'll let you we'll let you come in." Um, and so they raise the garage door. Um, the, the 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 guys outside come in in their car. They're not quite able to pull all the way in, or they don't pull all the way in. And then when they get out of the car and they realize that uh, the, the people in in the garage aren't black, um, the women who have shotguns, they pop out and they like hold the men hostage. Uh, there's um, there's three black men, one black woman, and uh, quote unquote, two white sluts. Because um, of course they are, because they're hanging out with black people. Um, now they don't want to shoot them because they're concerned about the noise. So they... They get them to all lie down on the ground and they start systematically basically bashing their heads in with um, a shovel and a crowbar, which is fun. Right. And this Um, is coming from the guy who was like, when that store owner screamed, he's like, I can't do this. I'm not cut out for this. Well, it's been some time, though. He's also the guy who didn't want to be kept outside in the cold, remember? Right. Um, And then, so on one of the strikes... The, the shovel misses and it just mm-hmm. hits the girl in the shoulder. And so she gets up and runs away. So he calls her a bitch because she's running away. This woman who has done absolutely nothing and who he is about to murder. But sure, let's call her a bitch. Um, uh, so Turner has to shoot her in the back before she can get out to the street where there's a car coming. And What a brave, so, brave ooh, man. What a brave, brave man. Brave Shooting man. a woman in the back who had done nothing wrong. Uh, then they load all the bodies into the group's car and they leave it parked outside of a black restaurant. Uh, we jump ahead a couple days to November 30th. Like, uh, wh- why did it have, I don't. Why, why, why was it a black restaurant? I don't know. Okay. I'm just, I'm so far beyond like being surprised by this book. That's, oh yeah. That's like minor, but it's still, it's like, I don't know. Oh, I think. Like in my mind, it would be to try to imply some degree of like black on black crime, right? Right. Make it look like, you know, it's just you know the street violence in the black communities because everyone knows that black people are murdering black people all the time. Okay, that's my guess, but I mean I don't know. Um. Anyway, two days later, and Turner informs us that he has no real regrets about killing the white girls. Um. 
because they were with the blacks only because they had been infected with the disease of liberalism by the schools and the churches <laughs> and the plastic pop culture the system churns out for young people these days. <laughs> Presumably, if they had been raised in a healthy society, they would have had some racial pride. That's that's a quote from the book. Oh, my God. Um, now, while this is going on, or because of this, Chicago organizes an anti-racist rally. Um, How dare they? Yeah, and so this is another quote that I loved. Um, he's t- describing the rally, the people at the rally, as chanting, kill the racists and other expressions of brotherly love. It's like, again, like, dude, you were just fucking murdering people in cold blood and now your feelings are hurt because the people are saying kill the racists like come on uh anyway the the group and like groups like that they don't take to the streets demanding blood they i don't know yeah well i mean they yeah they they go down the streets and as it's described they there's basically you know bunches of of black people who beat up on white people until they convince the white people to march with them. Um, there's a point where a group peels away from the rest to go to a, a supposedly racist bookstore where they tear the pages out of racist books and start a bonfire and beat the shit out of the shopkeeper. Um, and then there's another group that apparently kills a white cat because it's white, which again, that just sounds ridiculous. That sounds like something you'd invent for like somebody who's over the top trying to prove how anti-racist they are or something. I don't know. Um, next chapter is December 4th and he goes back to visit Elsa, the, the dropout in Georgetown. Um, we find out that other violent groups have started sort of doing some bombings and attacks and, uh, uh, I think he mentioned earlier that he thought they could have come from this area. So he's kind of hoping Elsa will be able to hook him up with people who are involved in that. Um, we find out a little bit about Elsa's backstory, which is, again, just super racist. She was a white girl <laughs> yeah. raised by liberal parents who decided they wanted to live in a black neighborhood. Elsa had to go to a black school where there was only one other white girl. Uh, and because she developed early... All the black boys were like harassing her and all the black girls hated her because all the black boys were more interested in her. And she went to her parents and was like, oh, my God, this the this this vice principal groped me. And her mom was like, that's racist. And so they didn't believe her. And then uh, she ran away to live in the basement commune. Um, and then we find out that there's a girl there named Mary Jane who showed up after Elsa and Elsa and Mary Jane didn't get along. And so. Uh, after she managed to convince all the people in the commune to hate Mary Jane, Mary Jane ends up sold to a guy named Cappy the Kike, who is a white slaver, of course. Um, <clears throat> of course. Which is like this whole this whole bit here with Cappy the Kike is like this completely unnecessary diversion just to be extra super duper racist. <laughs> right? It's like, what is... Is that where he does the, the fake Jewish accent or was that later on in the book? No, that's a bit later. That's okay. pretty bad, too. Um, and then I, but here's the bit too, like when, when, um, when Turner hears the story about Mary Jane, his question to her is, how could you sell a white girl to a Jew? Not, how could you sell a person, a human being to another, human to being. some <laughs> other human being? 
It's like specifically a white girl to specifically a Jew. Like, like it, you're it, focusing on the black, wrong parts here, buddy. At least, at least you could have had a black girl to sell to the Jew, right? Um, and then Turner tries really ham-fistedly to get some information on on the bombers nearby, but gets nothing. Uh, and then we have a time jump of more than two years, and it's the next chapter, and it's March twenty first, nineteen ninety three. Um, and he has been in jail and now been out of jail, but now we're going to hear the story of how he got in jail. Um, basically it was the middle of the night. Um, Catherine wakes up and tells him the people outside and there's like hundreds of, of police, uh, gas grenades start popping through the windows. Um, and they, they realize that like, they can't, they can't fight. There's like too many of them. And so, they take a few shots at the police outside and then um, they start trying to get their equipment out through the escape tunnel as much of it as they can. Uh, and then Turner is trying to set up explosives to cover their escape route through the tunnel. And something happens before he can set them all up and sort of his first batch of explosives goes off. It knocks him out. It brings down the tunnel. Um and then um, he wakes up later in an emergency room and gets brought to the FBI basement for interrogation. Um, and then, you know, as he was being brought in for interrogation, I thought this was funny again, too. Although I was still disoriented and in extreme pain from my wounds, I was handled very roughly. Like, <laughs> where's where's my rights, guy? I'm an American and... And I'm an American first and a terrorist second. <laughs> so I would appreciate my phone call, please. Um, he uh, he realizes he's lost his poison capsule and he's quite worried about that because, you know, it's like technically he should have killed himself before getting captured. But right. he got knocked out instead. Um, he finds out that he was basically followed from Elsa's place when he left uh, and then he was turned in and uh, and there's a guy here who's going to interrogate him. Uh, he's from the Israeli military intelligence because apparently he's going to be tried by an international tribunal consisting of uh, Americans and, and Israelis. Ruben, who For is the interrogator. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, of course, I mean... It's it's always the Jews who are pulling all the strings. They're the ones in control. Right. Right. For a second there, um, I forgot the guy that wrote this was, yeah. was an intensely horrible racist. Just yeah. for a moment. I, mean, it's, I remember It's now. easy to forget now and then. <laughs> um, so, yes, this is actually the part that I, was, was, that I thought might be worse than what came in the first hundred pages. When okay. Ruben, the interrogator, shows up and uh, he starts reminiscing about you know, the times that he tortured Germans during World War II. And then there's a paragraph, which I didn't take down because I don't want to actually read it again. But he basically, um, Turner thinks about the pictures he was shown of German soldiers, mm -hmm. Nazis, who were tortured during World War II and how bad he feels for them. And it's like, yeah, okay. Sympathy for the Nazis here. That's... I guess not surprising, but I guess too, it's it's the fact that I mean, obviously, this guy, the guy who wrote this, 
would be a Holocaust denier, almost certainly. He would assume that, you know, millions of Jewish people weren't killed during the Holocaust. And it's the Germans who got the shitty end of that deal. So Turner does eventually, so like, yeah, Rubin is a a master torturer. And so um, eventually Turner does answer all the questions, although he has a little laugh about it afterwards because they didn't ask all the right questions. Um, And the organization was able to mostly keep ahead of whatever he was revealing because they had some legals in the FBI. So they were always kind of keeping on top of what Turner was revealing about the organization. Um. After the interrogations, he ends up uh, sent to a place called Fort Belvoir, where all of the organization's prisoners were being kept in solitary confinement, and mostly they weren't being put in regular prisons because they didn't want the spread of the uh, their like white power ideology to get to other people. Um, even though they were all supposedly, you know, in um, uh, solitary confinement, word does start to get to them through some of the guards who are maybe um, <laughs> siding with them. They start getting word about, you know, some of the organization's uh, attacks on the system. Um, and he somehow manages there was a, to keep writing in his diary in prison. Well, no, I don't think so, because no? he mentions that Catherine goes and grabs his diary when when they leave. And basically I think this chapter is him writing down everything that had happened in the last two months oh, okay. or two years okay. after he got his diary back. Okay. So it's just sort of his best memory of it. Uh, we found out that there was a, a pretty major set of bombings in Houston on September 11th and September 12th, 1992, 14 major bombings, 4,000 persons dead and much of Houston's industrial and shipping fatalities or facilities, smoldering wreckage it started with a loaded music munitions ship, a loaded, musician. a loaded musician. A loaded musician. That musician is wasted. Get out of his way. Um, I know. I've seen you. I've seen you pretty rough when you're. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. A wasted musician. A loaded musician. <laughs> loaded musician. Okay. So. Um, loaded munitions. Yeah, loaded munitions ship detonated. Uh, blew up uh, the crowded Houston ship channel. Um, and there were five more explosions that closed the Houston airport, destroyed the city's main power generating station, and collapsed two strategically located overpasses and a bridge. Then there were other actions in Wilmington, Providence, and Racine. Um, and then there's the exciting escape. Um, a bunch of people come and break them out of jail. We don't get a lot of details here, I guess, because um, Turner wasn't involved. This is this is one of the rare times when we don't get a bunch of unnecessary detail. <laughs> um, but like he's in his cell, he hears a bunch of shots, and then someone like drills through his door, and away they go. Um, they they lost eighteen prisoners and four rescuers. Uh, Sixty one prisoners re- were recaptured, but they managed to escape with four hundred and forty two people. Brought to a safe house. Uh, the next morning, Turner gets uh, fake ID and papers and work clothes and is sent to the appropriate rendezvous point where he is uh, reintroduced, not reintroduced, was reacquainted, no, re, reunited. <laughs> he was reunited <laughs> with the rest of his team, including Catherine, who he's very happy to see. Isn't that cute? Oh, the two racist lovebirds. Um, next chapter, it's March 24th. And... Uh, Turner is tried on the charge of oath-breaking. Yes. I just thought of a a funny joke I should have made. Okay. But maybe we'll do it for, like, bonus content. 
Okay. Okay. When when you when you said that it wasn't surprising that he was a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. I don't know why I just thought about that now. Clearly, I'm not paying attention to what's actually happening in the podcast. Right. My brain is wandering around. You're just, you're just a Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. <laughs> that, that's good. That's clever. <laughs> okay, sorry. So he's <clears throat> reunited. He's, he's and he's reunited. he feels yep. so good. With the love of his life, the racist love of his life. Uh, and then it's the next chapter, and he gets tried on the charge of oath-breaking, basically for uh, getting caught and not taking his poison pill. And for going and, and seeing that chick when he wasn't, that wasn't his mission. And so after a lot of blah, blah, uh, they basically decide that he, there's like two things here. Like one is that they, they were basically saying because he wasn't finished his initiation into the order, it's not as big a deal. So they kind of, you know, want to forgive him. But then they also think he should die because that's kind of the appropriate punishment. And so what they end up deciding on is a weird mishmash of the two things, I guess, where... Where he kind of dies? Well, his initiation is extended by six months. Okay. Before he can be an official member of the Order. And then at some point after being initiated into the Order, he's going to be sent on a suicide mission... Um, that he, he has to do. And basically it's like, if the suicide mission kills him, then that's fine. That's his punishment. And he's been redeemed in doing that. Uh, and if he manages to somehow escape the suicide mission alive, then the mission has still been done and he gets to live. So that's that's what they end up deciding to do to him. Um, but if he survives, it's not really a suicide mission. Well, I guess that's true. It's but a I mean, suicide-ish is- mission. Exactly. Well, you, have you seen the, the the movie, the Mission Impossible movies? Yeah. I'll have you know that by the end of those films, all those missions ended up being possible. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Take that, Tom Cruise. <laughs> it should be called Mission, Mission Impossible. Mission Mi- incredibly unlikely, but there's still a slim chance. <laughs> um, uh, March twenty fifth. Henry comes to visit uh, Bill, uh, and he, oh, sorry, uh, Henry and Bill tell Turner what's been going on. Now, isn't Bill the guy that he's, like, in love with? Mm, Bill's the machinist who runs a printing press. Henry's the one he thinks that, like, is is the shit. The one-man army or whatever. And nothing, nothing, well, Henry's now in the order, apparently, which which is good. He does like the secret handshake or secret signal, and Henry does it back. So they're like, "Hee hee, we're we're brothers in the order now. We're cool." Because um, the organization wasn't secretive enough. Exactly, you got to be the extra secret group. There's probably another one inside <laughs> of the order. <laughs> the um, click. It's got to be. The, it'll be called the click. The clan. The click. The clan. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> you know which one. <laughs> I was, you know, when they talked about at the order meeting, the one that's later, I think, where everyone was putting on robes. Right. It did remind me of you bringing up last time that, like, the organization was just <laughs> the, the the KKK, but not named. And I did start to get the sense that the order might be closer to that. Right. That, like, the organization is the group that has, like, all of the racists, including the ones who probably aren't quite ready to put on the white robes. But okay, order, but hold on. But the organization, if you refuse to kill people who aren't of the same race, 
you, they kill you. But it's like, right, it's like, it's, it's like, war. yeah, man, like I'll kill whoever I need to, but I'm not putting that on. Like that's just, <laughs> that's just too much. Well, that's it's, it's too much, man. Some, you know, I'd like to. It's just got some bad historical connotations. You know. Other than that, but I'll, I'll shoot this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, you know, it's just... Okay, maybe you're right. Okay. Um, so, Turner learns that the organization has kind of switched tactics and started to try to undermine the support for the system rather than attack the system directly. Well, so their their idea is, like, it's by by breaking down the system from the sides, it's going to frustrate the fence sitters more right oh, yeah. so like they're looking at things like knocking out power and disrupting food supplies so that the people get you know hungry and cold and and frustrated with the system that isn't taking care of them um and so th- that leads actually to the comparison to uh guerrilla warfare and this quote here from the book I don't know why we held back from this approach for so long. We have had the example of decades of guerrilla warfare in Africa, Asia, and Latin America to instruct us. In every case, the guerrillas won by making the people fear them, not love them, by publicly torturing to death village leaders who opposed them and by carrying out brutal massacres of entire village populations which refused to feed them. They inspired such terror in neighboring villages that everyone was afraid to refuse them what they asked. And upon reading that, in the book, I was that I was reminded of the number of times last week that you said, "Yeah, this is what the good guys do." Because I think that's where this one falls, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is what the, yeah, good, guys what the good guys do. They they torture village leaders and and scare them into getting support. That's definitely what the good guy thing to do is. Um, next chapter, it's March twenty eighth. Um, Apparently, Turner is back in the swing of things. I think that was the opening sentence. I'm back in the swing of things! Exclamation mark. Draw a little heart. Little, yeah, a little heart, the, yeah. little heart as the dot and the exclamation mark. Um, he has a long list Scribbling of things. Scribbling out the organization of the side, needs like him. Mrs. Wait, what's his name? <laughs> Turner? Yeah, this is for Earl, right? Earl, yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Earl Henry. On the side. Oh, I was thinking more like Mrs. Earl Hitler. A little oh. hearts. <laughs> Um, there's apparently a bunch of things the organization needs him to do, including building radio control detonators, time delay detonators, and uh, disguised bombs and incendiary devices, because he's just the best. Right. Uh, he needs to help Bill. Bill is working on a counterfeiting project. Um, they're now living um, not in a, in a hidden location anymore. They actually have like a, a printing shop mm-hmm. uh, that's open to the public. They've got all their fake IDs. Um, he says that they keep their prices just high enough that they don't get much work. Um, so they can more focus on their actual duties. Um, oh, and then, and then there's this, another quote. It also appears that the system has become even more ruthless in its campaign against us. Like, like again, like these are, you were, you were bashing in people's heads with shovels and crowbars just a couple of years ago and thinking, Oh no, how dare the system strike back against us? We're the good guys. Um, but well, it's only awful if the- it happens to them. It's exactly. Or well, or yeah, or white people, even though sometimes white people have to die as collateral damage. So apparently 50 members of the organization have been murdered. Um, they're being killed by two groups, a special Israeli assassination squad, 
and an assortment of mafia hitmen under the contract of the government of Israel. Um, I had to make note of this note to the reader. The mafia was a criminal confederation composed primarily of Italians and Sicilians, but usually masterminded by the Jews, which flourished in the United States in the eight decades prior to the Great Revolution. Uh, I didn't know that about the mafia, but... I don't think the mafia knows that about the mafia. Okay, that's fair. Um, And so all of the hits have been against their legals. Um, They strike back against the mob by blowing up a nightclub that was a mafia hangout. So here again, here's here's the comparison, right? They're annoyed because 50 of the the organi- 50 members of the organization were killed. These th- these were all organization members. These were all people who were helping to try to overthrow the government and bring about the deaths of of black and Jewish people. Meanwhile, their retaliation is blowing up a um a nightclub, a nightclub which killed 400 people, of which 60 were mafia. That's 340 innocent people, but you guys are the good guys. That's what the good guys do. That's what the good That's guys what do. they do. Um, April 2nd, uh, they need to get chemicals, electronics, and watches. And uh, so they can get a few other things legitimately. They're going to need to steal the watches. This is so far maybe my favorite scene in the book. Um... Which isn't saying a lot, but the, <laughs> no. the plan, their plan was like, he, he ordered something like $12,000 worth of watches, and uh, that's for 200 of these watches. And so the plan was to order them, go to the warehouse, and then just take the watches and walk out and refuse to pay. So they get there, and the watches aren't there, and the guy's like, well, where's the money? And he's like, well, I'll give it to you as soon as we get the watches. And so... They bring out the watches, but now coming with the watches are like two security guards. One of the security guards goes and stands by the back door. So, you know, the plan to like just grab the the watches and go, it doesn't work. So he and Catherine, they pull out guns and and they sort of like, we're taking these watches and getting out of here. Um, They go to open the door, but the door is locked and it has to be like buzzed open. And so um, uh, he's got his gun pointed at the manager. And this is my favorite line in the book so far. He says, get this door open now or I'll pay you for these watches with hot lead. Just totally what someone would say. <laughs> this master writer of actual human dialogue. Uh, but then it's the like we're actually just, there. It's like we're actually there. The manager runs away. Um, so he shoots the lock off the door. And then when they get outside, instead of the manager like phoning the police, the manager is outside like deflating their tires. Like, really? Like, you're these guys are robbing your watches and you're just going to, like, prank them a little bit? <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. You want to take my watches? Well, you're going <laughs> to have a really, with your gonna really tire, boy. bumpy ride. <laughs> anyway, that yeah. was that chapter. <laughs> you have all these so watches, weird. but you're always going to be late. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you can't drive fast enough. Uh, next chapter, it's April 10th. Uh, Turner is now in Chicago working on distributing counterfeit money and to check out a place called the Evanston Power Project. It's basically, it's a, it's a great big nuclear plant um, and that they're planning on blowing up. Uh, April 14th, um, they need to do more counterfeiting, but they can't find the right kind of counterfeiting paper. Uh, and then at some point, they're visited by some people from the Human Relations Council wanting to put up a poster. Um 
the other the other woman that's not Catherine, I think, is the one that's behind the counter and is like, no, we won't want to do that. And Jack's all racist. And so Turner has to save the day by coming in and pretending to be Jewish, which is right about as horrifying as you can imagine. <laughs> what um, the fuck? Turner's coming in, spouting the most stereotypical, you know, Jewish phrases with the stereotypical Jewish accent. And Catherine comes down with the flu. So now Turner has to do uh, the cash deliveries that was going to be her job. Meanwhile, he should be working on the Evanston operation. Man, it must be tough being Earl Turner, the most important man in the fight for freedom. <laughs> uh, and they come up with the plan of not destroying the power plant, but basically flinging a bunch of radioactive material at it so that it becomes um, inhospitable, like nobody can go there. Uh, and the original plan is to sort of do a suicide mission, as it were, that somebody would carry in um, all of this uh, radioactive material and then drop it off and, and leave, and then it would blow up and release the material. But whoever carried it in would at that point have already been like so radiated that they'd be sure to die. But we soon find out that they come up with a better idea. Next chapter is April 20th, and Turner and Catherine have a nice day of picnicking and wandering in the woods before returning to being terrible racists. Um, I mean, you gotta, the take organization, you gotta take a break from being a racist. You gotta take a break. You gotta, you gotta take, you gotta take time for self care, right? Treat yourself. Go take a have a picnic with your racist girlfriend. Um, they find out that the organization hit the Israeli embassy in Washington, to which Turner says, "No better date in the year could have been chosen for such an action." Do you know why that is? No. April twentieth is Hitler's birthday. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Get it? Nazi. I see. I see you worked I did it, it again. But this time it was more fluid. That's it wasn't five it was minutes after we had already discussed it. <laughs> um, they end up deciding that instead of walking the radioactive materials in, they can actually drop it in with a mortar, and that way they don't, nobody has to die. Uh, and the, so Turner goes down to Florida where they have like a tech there who's able to actually get radioactive materials and Turner's like, can you get us a bunch of this stuff? And the guy's like, I don't really want to cause it's, it's going to put my name on some things. And Turner's like, well, you're going to do it or I'm going to fucking kill you right now. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. Um, then it's April 25th and, uh, he goes to New York for a week there's also this long story about this this feud that ends up breaking out between the black groups and the Jewish groups, um, because I think the the blacks were planning the black people were the black groups were planning a march of some kind, and the last minute the the Jewish people pull out, and the blacks are like, "How dare you!" and everybody's mad at each other. I didn't take any notes about it. It was just blah blah. Just some more then racist May, bullshit. Just more racist bullshit. Uh, then it's May 6th. He uh, Turner is home again. He mentions that when he was in New York, he found out that the organization has like tons of guns and ammo and mortar shells and all kinds of stuff. Uh, now it's about, I guess, two weeks later. It's May 23rd. This next chapter. Um, now he's been in Dallas for two weeks and he's going to be heading to Denver soon. He's been teaching people um, the art of of sabotage um, in Dallas, I guess, uh, after teaching them about like different devices uh, that you can use to like blow things up and damage things. 
They took some time to just sort of look at brainstorm potential targets. And then as a practice, they attacked the Dallas Central Telephone Exchange. Uh, and then there's a really long detailed explanation of, of how they blew it up, which I really don't care about. Um, suffice to say they did. Uh, then it's June 8th. Now he's in Denver. Uh, well, in the Rocky Mountains, he's bouncing between Denver and Boulder and someplace else, maybe. Um, they apparently need to prep for um, attacks on 43 high-priority targets coming soon. Um, then it's June 21st. We find out he stopped at a roadblock coming back from Boulder, but nothing happens. I guess it's just a re an opportunity to tell us that there are roadblocks. Uh, and he finds himself wondering what's going on with the uh, Evanston power station. Nothing's happened there yet. There's been no um, no mortar shells with radiation or anything. So he's like, I bet it's that guy in Florida messing with us. Which uh, guy in next Florida? Chat, the guy who's supposed to get the, the radioactive materials oh, right. for the mortars. Right. Who's like, I don't want to do that. And Earl's like, I'll kill you. And he's like, okay, I'll do that. And then... As soon as Turner left, he's like, I'm not going to do and that. And then, yeah, maybe he's not going to do it after <laughs> all. What are you going to do now? You can't kill me now, can you? Um, next chapter, last chapter. Uh, it's June 27th. He's going to be heading to California soon. He's just gotten his uh, his orders. He's a little bit sad because he wanted to head back to Washington to see, you know, Catherine. But uh, he's excited because it seems like Catherine is going to be the, the place where big things are happening. Um. Then it's July 1st. Things are tense in California, he tells us. With a lot of exclamation um, points. Wow. Things, things are, are tense. tense here. Um, they're planning a simultaneous assault on more than 600 military and civilian targets for July 4th. Um, Isn't that like... The tension, I guess part of the tension here, though, that's is a, that... That's, hmm? that's uh, American Independence Day, isn't it? That is Independence Day, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... So one of their one of the organization's members has been picked up by the police and is in FBI custody, and they're sort of worried about um, is he going to reveal anything about these coming attacks? And so the the organization, or I guess probably the order, the the, the central part, they have to decide: are they going to go ahead with the attacks and hope that he doesn't reveal anything, or should they delay them? Or should they just execute this guy inside of the FBI? Because they do actually have uh, a legal inside the FBI who could who could pull that off. Um, and so they, they, they decide they should probably kill him, but they're just waiting because normally he would have been picked up and sent, I think they said sent back to Washington or sent back to the FBI uh, for further questioning. And he's still in custody in the city. So they're like, Let's wait and see. If they haven't moved him by Sunday, we're probably safe. But if they do move him before Sunday, um, we'll have to cancel. Uh, and then there's a long blah, blah, blah about the, the, the attacks planned for July 4th, how he's he he surprised that their organization has kind of lasted as long as it has. Um, he describes what they're about to do is kind of like, um, was it a gnat trying to assassinate an elephant? Because uh, he estimates that their total numbers uh, in the organization are about 5,000. Um, but golly, he's excited to see what happens. And, uh, and that's that. That's the end of chapter 19. And I'm assuming this is actually kind of a, a bit of a cliffhanging spot because I imagine that 
the next chapter will probably see the aftermath. We'll find out what actually happened on July 4th. Right. Is my guess. Well, yeah. The next part's going to be the end of the book, so I'm going to guess we're going to well, find I, out what happened. Yeah, I, I meant specifically the next oh, chapter. Oh, okay. But. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm aware of how book structure works. And that, yes, we'll find out how the book ends when we get to the end of the book. Or it could end like A Handmaid's Tale on a complete fucking cliffhanger. That's still how With, the book ends. What's that? That's It's still how the book ends. You find out how the book ends when you get to the end of the book. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. This uh, this is a lot more boring, these 100 pages. Oh, God. Not that, yeah. I that the first 100 were particularly compelling, but there's just there's so much exposition and so much just blah, 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 ranting about races and very little happening. Um, lots of like, uh, uh, I'm here and doing this and I'm so tired. And now also blacks are awful and Jews are awful. And and here's the N word. Here's the N word just for fun. In case you didn't know where I stood on the side of being a racist. Was that in quotes or not? The N-word? No, the racist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, probably, yeah. Um, yeah, so there we go. Uh, we got one more part to do, um, and then we'll we'll do a live episode. We'll do a live talking. episode, yeah. And I want to talk on the live episode. I want to bring in a little bit of science. I, I want to talk a little bit, uh, discuss with you and, and anybody who calls in a little bit about racism. Um and yeah i think that i think i'm excited for the live episode um not super excited for the last episode of the book but i think uh i think we can really take this and have a really good discussion afterwards yeah i am like i'll admit i'm looking forward to being done this book. yeah i'm looking forward to having it in my rearview mirror again you're right though it um, is super forgetful because i've pretty much already forgotten everything we talked about <laughs> yeah yeah but again that's it's again because i think especially in these last hundred pages like i said there's so little that actually happens um it's just uh, bits of exposition interwoven between racist tirades um there's not a lot of meat no to the story there's not a lot of meat to the book no in yeah any further comments I mean, even all the things that we touched on in the last episode and this episode is just a drop in the bucket to the amount of actual racist bullshit that is just, it's just everywhere. It's in every, yeah. it's in every action. It's in every thought. It's, it's so blatantly obvious. It's, it's ridiculous. This book is utterly ridiculous. Um, and it's kind of, and I think we touched on it a little bit more on this episode. Like, it's kind of so racist, it's funny sometimes. Like, it's just, it's so stupefyingly ridiculous yeah. that it's the only real, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The only, the only real, uh, fuck. I can't even think of words right now. We'll, we'll cut. We'll cut all this. I'll take you the word. Hold the on. the book is actively destroying parts of your brain. <laughs> I think it that might. used to store information. 
<laughs> I think it might be. But yeah, yeah, that's true. There's nothing. There's nothing positive to be taken out of this. But again, like we're we're reading this, so hopefully you won't. Um, Please and, and don't. If you're, if you're here because you've been wondering if you should read it, the answer is no. You absolutely shouldn't. <laughs> and hopefully, please do not. You, whatever you need to learn about it, like listen to the three or four episodes of this that there will be, and then maybe read the Wikipedia article about it. Then uh, move on with your life and read something uh, upbeat like The Handmaid's Tale. That was that was that was it was a joke about The Handmaid's Tale being upbeat, though, right? <laughs> Which kind of flew over your head there, I think. Oh. Um. All right. Um. Before we go, uh, just a reminder of some of our links. You can email us if you like what we're doing or you don't like what we're doing and just want to tell us one way or the other. <laughs> we are at uh, band things happen at no. Uh, <laughs> We've got you've got so many links rattling around in your head you can't figure out which ones. Which. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is band things happen. Band things happen at gmail.com. Send us hate mail. Send us love mail. Um, Send us something. Yeah. Just no, um, no unsolicited dick pics. Please ask before you send. Yeah. Yeah. That, in, that includes Rogers as well. No unsolicited Roger <laughs> pics. <laughs> no, it's Richard. 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 Picks, yeah. Uh, band things happen at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. You have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash band things happen. Um, what else do we have? We we've have got a Patreon. A, we've got a Patreon, blah 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 media. Patreon.com slash blah 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 media. You can also uh, go to buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash blah blah blah. We also have um, uh, Discord. Where you can come and chat. Yeah, with Discord it. has got a weird link. So basically, the best way to find us on Discord is to go to our Facebook page. The pin post has a link to our Discord channel. Uh, the idea is it's a place where you can come and chat with us or chat with other people and no one's ever there. So, um, like you can come in and just like own the place now if you want to <laughs> and be like one of the coolest people who were there from like the, the day one, except it's been like day 60 or something now and there's still nobody there. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. It'll grow. Um, they forget anything. We've got a merch store for blah, blah, blah media, but we haven't made any merch for this show yet. So my best not to talk about that, <laughs> okay. I guess. All right, now that they're thoroughly confused. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been When Bad Things Happen to Good People. My name is Todd Sullivan. My name is Oren Barter. And until we meet again, go read a fucking book. Just not this book. <laughs>